0: Welcome to Money Over 50. I'm Michael Hogue here with Dallas Davison. Uh, Dallas, today uh, we're going to have a look at a case study for a stereotypical client of ours. Uh, yeah. It's one of your clients. It is. That you've had success with. Amazingly, their names are John and Jane Smith.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they aren't really. A- one of these days we'll, we'll actually get a client named John yeah. and Jane Smith and then we'll have to
0: change how we, how we explain all those things. Uh, unbelievably, just the other day, yeah. I was having our first uh, meeting yeah with uh, some prospective clients yeah uh, with last name Murphy yeah and we looked at we actually looked at the trade-off of them either keeping a rental property or selling it yes yeah. and to yeah, sell can. it worked out better for them and they said what what's the potential downside I said I'm oh remarkably enough it's Murphy's law <laughs> <laughs> so if, <laughs> if if if, if I you feel this it, really <laughs> So it felt really strange telling yeah, you this, yeah. but I mean, it's it's um, it is it is, but it's law. Murphy's law because uh, if you do it, yeah, um, obviously there is potential downside in yeah. that the yeah. if the property prices kept, kept going up, going up and up yeah. and up, I mean, then, yeah, yeah, they could they could we talking about lot, So well. you can only um, digressing here, but you can yeah. you can only <laughs> act on, on what you think is going to happen, and that's fundamentals.
1: Right. Yeah. So, so uh, something yeah, a bit different today, a case study of. Um, because obviously we talk very conceptually in a lot of these uh, podcasts about different ideas and concepts and um, mm-hmm. the bigger picture. So what I just wanted to quickly do is go through um, a, a, a real life example of someone who uh, has come in and met with us and and this sort of the path that they've taken or the journey that they've uh, gone through over their their time with us. So as I say, these guys, let's say John and Jane Smith. Um, they first came and met with us in November of two thousand and fourteen. Yep. So they were at that time. Um, John was uh, working in the railway, and was age sixty, and was on about ninety five thousand dollars a year. Uh, and his wife was not working; she'd stayed home and and raised the raised the kids. And so, and their plan was that they wanted to it was two things that they really wanted to do. number one was to retire in four years time and, and never run mm-hmm. out of money. and a, a big part of their, their other goals were that they wanted to be able to continue to grow their retirement savings um, and and pass on some money to their kids when when they passed away. So that was mm-hmm. important to them. and that was at the very start, at, a conversation we have with all of our clients is about that trade-off of, are you are you happy to run out of money in retirement or, or close mm-hmm. to it, or would you do you want money to left over to go to your kids? So yep. these guys were in a really good position, but given that they wanted to, number one, not run out of money in retirement, but also mm-hmm. make sure that they had enough to continue to grow that balance in retirement. Yep. They had, uh, when they came in, they had about $700,000 in superannuation, uh, $120,000 in, saved into a term deposit and uh, about $80,000 worth of worth of direct shares uh, in, in CBA. So they had total, I guess, what we would call retirement savings of 900000 mm. Now, they had their house paid off as well and that's something that, that we look at is that when we talk about retirement savings, it's really only what can you spend and yep. so for these guys, their plan was to stay in, they'd been in their house for many years, they didn't have any plans to move. and so kind of have yeah. to exclude the value of your house for that for that from that perspective of what have you actually got to live on and draw income from in retirement yep so the, the there was the two main things and we, we talk about this with most people whether you are four years or ten years out from retirement there's a couple of um, easier things that you can try and pick up they'd actually recently met with a they were with QSuper, and they'd recently met with a QSuper financial advisor and they'd got their got the plan from them. Now they hadn't really had the in-depth discussions that that we generally have with our clients about the trade-off between higher growth and higher volatility assets. Yep. And so they were they were invested probably a bit too conservatively given given their goals, which were to grow their grow their retirement savings mm. as much as possible over the long term. So. And that's that's I guess the danger, and we talk about this a lot. With if you're if you're um, you know meeting with an advisor, and they don't seem to there's very much a, a cookie cutter approach by the sounds of it that these guys got, which was you're of this age, you're this far out from retirement, you need to be invested in in this premixed investment strategy. The,
0: the um, and oftentimes, in fact, nearly all the time, we f- we find that. Um, the advisor doesn't have any uh, context around that. So they're they're just, they're they're making a blanket approach at the, um, um, led by the the ages of the clients and the proximity to retirement, um, without actually looking at, taking a step back and actually looking at um, what rate of return needs to be achieved for those people to never run out of money, um, and to achieve the goals that you mentioned before. So they, uh, these particular people yep. you mentioned, um, weren't happy to run out of money. No, uh, even wanted. even thirty years deep into their retirement. That's right. Yeah. Uh, they, they weren't have, happy to run out of money. They wanted to leave money. They, they yeah. must be.
1: They must be much nicer than my parents. My parents always say to me, "We want to run out of money on the day we die." <laughs> so <yeah. laughs> these these guys are saying, "No, we don't want. To. We want to give, give our kids some money when we pass away." So yeah, yeah that. And that's a part of it, that initial discussion is, and we've talked about this before, about when people ask us, what should we invest into? That really has to be driven by, so that that piece of the puzzle, which is how do we invest our retirement savings? How do we invest our superannuation balance? That has to be driven by your goals and and what you're looking to achieve over the long term. You can't back your way into that and say, Oh, when well, you're a 60 and 62 year old couple, this is, this is how you should be invested mm. because it is different for everyone depending on what you're looking to achieve. But, uh, but these guys, uh, to continue on, they were they're really good um, savers as well, obviously, given that they they've been able to pay off the house and you know, build up some cash, uh, as well as um, build up a significant super balance. So what we did for these guys was two things, was uh, invested their superannuation a bit more aggressively given that they had a few years still to go uh, in their working life and that they were uh, planning on growing that over the next 30, 30 years. The second part of it was um, contributions into the super. So yep. picking up some tax savings by making um, before-tax contributions in the super. Mm. At this point in time, that limit was $35,000 a year and not $25,000 as it is now. So that made it a bit easier. Mm. So that was the, the, the thing we did there was to... Um, max out the, the before tax contributions they could make to super using their spare cash flow yep. yeah at that point in time there was also a couple of other little little lurks and perks that we could pick up they could move their superannuation into a, a tax-free transition to retirement pension so we picked up a bit of a saving on the earnings tax of the money within their super as well mm-hmm. that loophole has since been been shut but yep. it, was a, it was a handy little one to boost that as well um, so the they continued on their sort of merry way doing that for about 18 months so as i said their plan was to retire in four years they were maxing out their their super contributions and having that money working for them as hard as possible Mm. 18 months into this four-year plan and this is what we find again and again is people come in and and everyone's got a rough outline of where they
0: want to be but life happens and things get in the way it's amazing how how um people come in and, and, and say you wouldn't believe what's happened um, and they and they think it's unique and, yeah. and when you look at it, it, it I mean you see different scenarios yeah. for different people but almost everyone's situation changes. Yeah, that's right
1: yeah. and, and the one that I always look at with that is when people come in and say this is what we're going to do for the next five ten years nothing's yeah. going to change you go well look back five or ten years what's changed in your life yeah. over that time so and that's why we Way we work with people on an ongoing basis is that mm. the, the planning is not a set and forget thing. It's not you go going to do this for the next four years. Things no. are constantly changing, both in terms of their situation and then also, like I said, legislation. There were some of those rules that have since changed. So, yep. so 18 months into this four year plan, they these guys got a really good surprise, which was that their their employer was offering a round of redundancies, and so uh, given that they been an employee for so long, they were offered a, a redundancy, a net payment of just over two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And so, we had a really good conversation at that point in time about uh, it was it was I think a, actually a bit scary for these guys to to be able to to they'd you know, been an employee uh, there for forty two years at that point in time. Yep, and it was a really big change to make, and so it took it took quite a while just to go through the nuts and bolts of if you take this redundancy. What position does that put you in? Does that allow you to meet all your goals you know, two and a half years early? So we did all the calculations. At that point in time, their, their superannuation had grown from 700,000 up to just under 800,000 in mm-hmm. just in 18 months. Through, yep. like we said, a combination of their, their hard work and, and the good work behind the scenes of that super working hard for them. Yep. So as well as that, they'd saved an additional 30 um, odd thousand dollars uh, and so, uh, to their term deposit, and obviously with the redundancy, that lump sum of 200000 that got them up to total retirement savings of just over $1.2 million. Yep. And so, because they didn't plan to live in a fairly uh, we talk about FNOS, no one, no one ever wants to live an extravagant lifestyle, but these guys yeah. were spending about $50,000, $52,000 a year. Yep. And that was based on, as we always do with our clients, it wasn't based on what they said they were going to spend. I based on this is what they were actually spending Spending day to day. Yep.
0: Which is important.
1: Yeah. And so we looked at that and as a rule of thumb, you normally want about 20 times your your first year's income in retirement. So if they wanted $50,000 a year, they need at least a million dollars to be able to safely never run out of money. So because with these guys, they they were wanting to continue to grow that uh, throughout their retirement, we wanted to be a bit above that. So I said, mm. okay, well, if we take this redundancy, you'll be over that $1.2 million mark. That should be plenty of margin of safety to make sure that you can draw all the income you need yep. and continue to grow that. Now, at that point in time, the other thing we looked at was a change to their investment strategy or to, mm. to how they've got their the, the options that they were invested into within their, their super account. So because they're obviously now drawing income from that, rather than all of that money just being able to work and grow for the long term, they were Mm -hmm. actually going to need to draw $1,000 a week out of that account. So we looked at uh, a figure of, again, it was a a conversation that um, we went through in a fair bit of detail, the trade-off between you could have more money in cash and, and probably feel safer and feel more secure about how that money's invested, but you've got less money that's then growing for you over the long term. So yeah. for these guys, given the position they're in, they could afford to have a fair bit of money in, in cash. And So we worked out that they wanted to have five years' worth of living expenses in cash. So yep. in their case, that was about $250,000. For a lot of people that are at retirement, mm-hmm. they, they really can't afford to have that much money in cash, yeah. which is
0: sort of counterintuitive for most people, I think. Yeah, look, it is. Um, I mean, I always say that the day that you stop work, uh, your money has to go to work for you. Yeah. And depending on what your balance is, uh, that money may have to work harder than other people. Yeah. So in in these people's situation, uh, because the the living expenses were a little bit less than the average. Yeah. And they had a bit more in balance than they would... Normally required by your twenty times yep. rule of thumb multiple, yep. or our twenty times rule yep. of thumb multiple, they could afford to um, uh, to have a little bit more yep. there in 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 cash reserves. Yeah. Um. Uh. A lot of people can't. I mean, when you explain that to people, you yep. say, okay, well, you can have more in cash, but that's a trade-off. Then. Yep. That's, that's the, a lower return. Yes. Yeah. Um. And what that means is that you need to dial back. Yeah. You know, the $50,000 that you're going to spend yep. $40,000, oh, yep. we, we really don't want to do that so yeah. you, I mean, it's, it's a process then of yes. going through and, and working it out tailor making it for each that, you know, that, that, individual. That's a, that's a great point as, as we said is that that's not a conversation of
1: the advisor sitting down, laying down commandments of this is how you must invest your money, no. that's how we really see that is a, a, a trade off discussion and yeah it's like in, it, for these guys, it's their money they've they have done the work required to, to build that up and they need to live on that for the next 30 years. Yep. And they need to be comfortable with the decisions that they're making around what are the trade-offs that they're willing to make. So, as you say, it, it becomes easier when you, have as you're saying, if your living expenses are a bit less than average and and, you, and your retirement savings are a bit higher than average, it becomes easy because you can afford to trade off a few things. Yep. So. The other thing that we did, obviously, at that point in time was that we moved uh, all of their superannuation into an account-based pension hmm. um, so that they were able to, um, so the first thing we did was actually contribute all of the money outside of their, outside of superannuation in their term deposit, contributed that into their, uh, their super account, yep. and then moved all of that money into an account-based pension, which has a 0% earnings tax rate, so that was our, we were then able to achieve our one of our overarching goals for all of our clients mm. is never pay another dollar ta- dollar of tax ever again after you retired yes so at the point they retired we were able to meet that to meet that goal of ours so
0: and, and and it really I mean to put that into um, I guess a, a an easy to use example for podcasting purposes yeah. um, by moving to zero percent tax from yep. superannuation, which is a fifteen percent tax rate on the earnings, so yep. the rate of return um, it, it, for most people bumps up their yep. after-tax rate of return by about one yep. percent. Um which which is significant. Yep. because on that yep. balance, yeah, yes, um, right. you know, we're talking about ten to twelve thousand dollars a year of yep. extra return. Yeah, um, or, or, or tax savings effectively yep. ten to twelve thousand dollars a year of tax savings. So the first, yep. and you yep. one fifth of their their um, annual living expenses yeah. is paid for by their tax savings. That's right, and
1: that—that's especially yeah, for most for most people. None of their none of their goals consists of continue to give money to the ATA. So no, I've yeah. never <laughs> met anyone that's told me that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're out there. But we just don't meet them. Yeah. So yeah, exactly right. For these guys, that that tax saving every year was a, a big boost in their ability to draw the income they needed. And they obviously were drawing less than their their rate of return on that, so that was just continuing to that ten or twelve thousand dollars a year of tax savings. That's continuing to compound out over time. So yeah. over their whole retirement, yeah, that's going to make a huge difference. So that was March 2016 that they sort of started retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, now the next major change for for them was uh, about a year later in April 2017. So they'd been retired for a year. They were quite happy. There was no no plans to go back to work or do anything like that. At that point in time, there was new legislation coming in. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the major one was about limits of ability to get money back into super. And so at that point in time, we did what we call a recontribution strategy. So we recorded a podcast just recently about this, about yeah, minimizing your 17% inheritance tax. So yeah. for these guys, as we said, a big part of their goals was money going to their kids. And so what we actually did in at that point in time was we took $540,000 out of their pension account and recontributed it back into a superannuation account and moved it back into a pension account, which sounds a bit involved and a bit pointless. You rob Peter to you pay Paul <laughs> to pay Peter back? <laughs> exactly. But essentially what we did there was by doing that, instead of when they passed away and that money went to their kids, instead of their kids having to pay 17%... Um, Tax on that money that will go to them completely tax-free. So yeah.
0: that's about a, a you know, about a ninety thousand dollars tax saving. Yes, Yeah, So what I mean you you're referring to here the the often overlooked um, tax or tax yep. component yep. and yep. the tax-free component. Yeah, yep. and again we we'll won't go no so if, <laughs> if you're interested. There is <coughs> another Detail here because this, it's it's very very hard to convey over a podcast, but but um, yeah, uh, just better just better it's just just better (laughs) it's just better it's and as you say
1: it is it is uh often overlooked because it's something that you won't see the benefit of that for you know hopefully in this in their case the you know one of them will live for another 20 30 years so that will only be of benefit to them when that money is passed on to Mm. to one of their to their adult children and Mm -hmm. so you go these are the sorts of things that if you're looking at if, you, if you're always looking at things with a long-term view of knowing what are your goals, what are you trying to achieve, what are you focused on, there are some changes that you can make now that you might not see the benefit of that for 20 or 30 years, but yep. that's going to be a, a, big, a big difference, obviously. Yeah. Um, the other one that they could do at that point in time was that they were able to access a healthcare card, which yep. was sort of surprising because they, they had far too much in assets for, to get any settling Age pension but we were able to have a look and, and work out that they could still get a healthcare card, which was uh, yeah, a big benefit for them, particularly as they're, as they're start to get older.
0: Look, it, it is a great benefit, and it's, a, it's, again, one of those things that's overlooked. So the assumption is that I have to qualify for $1 of age pension. Yeah. I hear that phrase a lot, yeah. I need to qualify for $1 of age pension. Um, in their situation, uh, obviously, assets far too high to qualify yeah. for even $1 yeah. of age pension under the assets test. Yeah. However, the healthcare card is income tested. Yep, and um, so relatively high. Income. A, and it's relatively high income limits. Yep, and there's a trick to the amount of income that you take from your account-based pension, yep. uh, or your superannuation in retirement. Yep. Um, doesn't fully count as income. So yep. if I'm taking fifty thousand dollars, yep, <coughs> <coughs> yep. Uh, uh, nowhere near that fifty thousand dollars counts as as income. Yep. Um, That's towards right. that healthcare card. Now, the other thing I'll just touch on there, Dallas. Where we really differentiate ourselves from, uh, we feel it from our competitors, we have an extraordinary asset in this office called Kylie Hadfield, <laughs> yeah. and uh, she's otherwise known as our director of Financial doing. doing? Yep. So um, she, Kylie, when it comes time to apply for our clients' uh, healthcare cards and things like that, yep. because of my gov now, yep. um, Kylie actually books a meeting with. Uh, yeah, our clients yeah. and actually sits down with them yeah. and completes the application. That's right. Uh, yeah. on, on, uh, um, uh, over my gov for yeah. their healthcare card yeah. and the age pension and things yeah. like and, and that. So and and a, then over time, any amendments to that
1: anything like that, she's <laughs> yeah, she's, yeah uh, can take charge of that. Which that's another one, one of the things that you never hear people say. You never hear anyone say they want to keep paying more tax, and you never hear anyone say they're really looking forward to dealing with Centrelink. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the that's the position that I were in. so that was kind of a year after retirement so that's that's i guess another one that we see is that even after retirement people tend to see retirement as this static thing of i get to this point in time yeah. and then i just draw an income out now what i haven't really gone into in, uh, is over these years we've continued to talk about particularly the investment strategy of of uh how these guys have their pension accounts invested how much in cash yeah. how much in growth assets and not just how much do we invest now, but also a plan for when things go wrong. So mm. when we have another drop of 30, 40% uh, in, in company values, we know that's going to come at some stage over the next 30 years of yep. their, their retirement. So what we've worked on a lot is what we call lifeboat drills, where we're basically going, we know that at some stage, if we're in this long enough, something's, this is going to happen. Yep. Where are we going to draw our income from uh, how many? How long can we draw it from there? When do we, when do we switch that from your cash to your growth assets? When do we then rebalance and put you back invested in the same way you were? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of moving pieces in that, and I think that one of the big things for for our clients in retirement with their peace of mind is just knowing that there is a plan is mm-hmm. is a really is a really helpful thing because regardless of what markets do over their time, they, they know that there is a plan. We know what's going to happen. We know what that is. And it also minimises the chance of them uh, making a big mistake in the time yeah. or panicking or doing anything like that because they go, we already know what we're going to do.
0: Yep. Uh,
1: so that was open 2017. As I said, since then, we've made some some minor changes to their investment strategy and, and put in place uh, a few of those sorts of plans. Now, the I'll fast forward to our last uh, progress meeting, uh, which we're still meeting with, with these guys every six months as part of our, our sort of standard process. So in November 2019, they had uh, total retirement savings uh, through their pension accounts of uh, $1,482,000. So just a shade under 1.5 million. Yep. So obviously that's a big jump up from, from uh, five years ago when they first came in with 900,000. Yep. Now, in addition to that, They've also drawn, drawn income out of these pension accounts of $238,000 over that timeframe. Yep. So when you, combined, when you combine what they've drawn out with what's, uh, what's still left over, basically drawn income and still got a super balance left, that combined balance is just over $1.7 million. So that's just the dollars and cents in terms of the difference that we've been able to make uh, over five years has been a, a, a you know, growth from $900,000 in, in retirement savings to being able to safely retire a couple of years earlier than they expected, draw all the income out they need and still be left with
0: more than enough money to be able to meet all their goals moving forward. Yeah, um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, what's interesting about that as well is had they had they been invested really, really conservatively which is, the, which is the assumption yeah. as people approach yeah. retirement, yeah. Um, they would be sitting here now with somewhere in the vicinity of only about a million dollars, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm guessing, yeah. uh, quickly doing the math, yeah. uh, because the, yeah, the returns, we've looked at this in, in another podcast, um, yeah. conservative funds have, have returned somewhere between the three to 4% per annum yeah. uh, over the last five years yeah and um you know certainly with what they started with and what they've drawn as as income yeah. they would have just a shy over i mean dollars it would be on the back foot straight away yeah uh, because right. they'd be heading backwards yeah in terms of yeah. of um what their their balances are yeah. as opposed to have, have growing continuing to grow in their retirement despite yeah uh, the fact that they've drawn yeah, yeah. You know, total income over that period of time of $230,000, eight thousand. Yeah. Eight thousand so, dollars. And that's I think we've talked about that <coughs> at, at length.
1: That it seems, I guess most people have the attitude of, when I get to retirement, then I then I start to spend, I spend down my super balance or my pension yeah. account. But as we've said, that that probably worked many years ago when you retired at sixty five and then you passed away at seventy and you had five years that you had to draw an income from. For these guys, hopefully, you know they're in they're in really good health. They take care of themselves. Yep. They, you know, one of them is, is on average going to be around <laughs> for, for thirty years. So we need this. Not only do we need to not chew into that balance too much, we
0: actually need that that balance to continue to grow in these early years of recovery. absolutely. It's a, it's a new challenge yep. um, compared to generations gone by. Yeah, and and um, the glass is certainly half full. More <laughs> more than half full. full. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the alternative, when the when the age pension was introduced, yeah. uh, the average age of death for a male was something like sixty-seven. Yes. And you you know, you, yeah. you had a few little savings. Yeah. Um, yeah. As you entered retirement, you retired at sixty-five. Yeah. Um, on average, you you lived for two years. Yeah. You uh, got the you full received age pension. Age pension. Yeah. You depleted That's your savings somewhat. Yeah. Uh, the challenges is certainly different these yeah. days. Yes. Yeah. And um, it's always funny when we when we when we have you know clients that are um, you know say sixty now and yeah. they talk about they'll be they'll be gone yeah, by yeah. the time they won't live or. yeah beyond seventy five and and their parents are still alive yeah yeah, yeah. Their, their parents are yeah. ninety yeah. or ninety five yeah. yeah still and them. still still going yeah. strong so yeah. um, and then I think you
1: the point you make there is that it's it's a whole new challenge and it comes with a whole um, different set of Stress, um, and so that's separate to the financial aspect of this. What we what we try and do a lot, and, and like I was saying before, with our discussions and, and meetings with with these guys every six months, is that we we know that they are on track and that they are doing everything they can to maximise yeah their their outcomes in retirement. We know that because we're we're meeting with them, and anything that changes in legislation or in their situation, we're 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 wringing every possible dollar of tax savings return, everything out that we mm. can. But it's also, I think, a big relief for them to be able to come in every six months, sit down and go, yes, everything's all good, you're on mm. track. Like mm. That's uh, particularly when people have been, you know, like these guys that have worked in one job for 42 years, it's a, it's a massive change to go from, I go to work and, I get paid, and that's that's the money that we have to live on. Mm. To then go to okay, well, my retirement savings are working for me, and I'm drawing an income out mm. of, out of them. You really want most people are really want the peace of mind of knowing that number one that they're doing everything that they can, and number two, someone to tell them that yes, it's fine, you can afford to do this. Yeah. So, what's been uh, really exciting for these guys is in the last sort of uh, year or two, they've started going on uh, a couple of Trips overseas and things like that yeah. because they've kind of been able to see that yes this was where we wanted to be and we're actually tracking well ahead of that um, we can sort of afford to to spend a bit more now yeah. while we're younger and, and wanting to go on a few of these trips whereas I think if they if they weren't meeting with us on a regular basis it'd be it'd be very hard to be able to take that extra money and go and spend it on those trips because they'd be yeah. thinking well is this too much? Should we be taking less? Or yeah, look, I can I can
0: appreciate that. What if there is a downturn? And yeah, and, you know, you're saying yeah. you're not saying if there's a downturn. You're saying when yeah. there is a downturn, yeah, this is where um, you yeah. have parked, we have yeah. five years worth of your income needs yeah. in cash, and yeah. we've we've been able to do that because yeah. you've been in a, a, yeah. a better position than normal, yeah, or a strong position because of, of, of your hard work and our good work, yeah. Um, now, so there will be a downturn, yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got enough cash in there to give you five years worth of income yeah. requirements, which is ample time usually for your growth assets to recover. Yep. Yeah. Um, so um, uh, yeah, with all due respect, we insist you go on that holiday yeah, <laughs> that's right. that you've been mentioning yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. for the last five years. Yes. Yeah. Uh, go and spend that money, yeah. Yeah. And, and no one ever comes back after doing that. Yeah. Because we 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 virtually have to to force some people, don't some we? People, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. I mean, everyone comes back um, yeah. and uh, no one's sorry that yeah. they actually spent that money. Yeah. And, and, and,
1: and, and that's a good point because on average, I would say some people need to be loosened, some people need to be tightened. So yeah. these guys need to hear, and there are many other people that when they're retired, they need to hear, hey, it'll be fine, you can afford to spend that money, yep. you, you can afford to do that. Some other people need someone every six months saying, don't do that. Yes. Stop that. Yeah. You, that's you need I... to not do that because you're not in the position yeah. that, that you can afford to do it. So, and that's yeah. You know, what we we pride ourselves on is is that um, you know, laying down the the unvarnished truth of this is mm. the position that you're in. Mm. If you make these decisions, this is what the impact of that will be in mm. the future. And so, it makes it easy when when we've got clients in, in this situation and and who are. Um, yeah, we're sort of pushing them to, to go and do the fun things and, yeah. and spend the money, but it's definitely something that our, our role in other situations can be to sort of be the, the conscience yeah. on the shoulder at times. So yes. you probably can't afford to do that. Yeah, definitely. Um, anything else you'd like to add
0: in wrapping up? No, yeah. I think,
1: and I guess the only interesting um, one in that's specific to, to these guys, so they've been sort of um, obviously with our, um, our business working with people leading up to retirement mm. they've probably been uh, some of the earliest retirees mm. and um, one of the things that, uh, that, that this person has said which I thought was interesting for people leading up to retirement from the emotional side of things is that I, I actually thought he would struggle with not having a you know a job yeah. to, to get yeah. up and go and do and uh, and so he, and he, I asked him. I think it must have been a year or so after they retired. How, how are you enjoying retirement? And he's absolutely a lover. because a couple of things was that he'd he'd been used to working a lot of shift work, and so he never knew yeah. whether he could go to you know that family barbecue, yeah. and it was sort of his his life was beholden to his employer and what yes. they needed from him. So he's absolutely loving retirement for that reason. But also the, the thing that he found that's, that's working really well for him is that he doesn't try and plan five years out or worry mm. too much about, what am I going to do next week? He used the example, of he wakes up in the morning and goes, well, what do I actually feel like doing today? Mm. He gets up, goes to the gym, uh, comes home, if the lawn needs to be made, he made some lawn. So, yeah, it's like he said, if I want a coffee, I have a coffee, if I want to read the paper, I just do that. So, yeah. I think for most people, the the fear of retirement, the emotional side of the fear of retirement is. And we've talked about this, you know, in a, mm. in a previous podcast. Of what am I going to do all day? Mm. And uh, it was interesting to me to hear that you don't necessarily need to have that planned out five years out. What am I going to do when no. I'm seventy? Or you know, what am I going to do once I'm yeah. three years into retirement? You can just uh, have faith that it will work out, and that over time you will find things that you that you enjoy doing and that you want to be doing day to day.
0: Yeah, um, that's that's very interesting because yeah, yeah you, I mean that. Um, traditionally, uh, males, yeah. especially who have stuck 42 yeah. years in in, in in one job, yeah. uh, have struggled yes. with those types of things. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So now it's it's been a, a really interesting one to watch how these guys have progressed. And like I say, the good thing is that they've put themselves in a position where they have that flexibility. So yeah. you know, up until now, they haven't really wanted to do much overseas travel, but. Yeah. Now they've decided that they do, but yeah. finance, it, it's, a, it's a great position for me to be in, to be able to tell them that they are in the position that they can afford to, to make yeah, those to choices. To do that.
0: Yeah. Um, great place to wrap up. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.